1: to the From the Shadows podcast. I am the producer, Jason Lewis. I would like to thank you for tuning in to the From the Shadows podcast. And without further ado, here is your host, Shane Grove.
2: Welcome, everybody. This is uh, Shane Grove, host of the From the Shadows podcast. I am with the Ozark Howler.
1: Oh
2: No, I don't know if I should howl, you know. <laughs> and I'm with the... Uh super producer Jason. How's it going everybody? Hey, and thanks if you're wondering what the heck is this showing up in my uh, my my podcast feed. This is a uh, a new little thing we're going to do. It's called 10 minutes or what would we call short stories? Short stories.
1: Yeah, short stories with the Ozark Howler.
2: Short stories of the Ozark Howler. So, uh, you got 5 or 10 minutes in the middle of your week, we're going to uh, bring you a little uh, little story from the howler, and hopefully it'll uh, tickle your funny bones, make you feel good about yourself, give you something to look forward to, tide you over till our regular episode drops on Friday. So thanks for checking us out, and uh, let us know what you think. Um, hopefully you enjoy the howler, spending 10 minutes with the howler as much as
3: we do. Enjoy everybody. we were just talking about the nuances of policing in a town you grow up in, especially small town. Exactly. And, and I, I had went to, you know, I knew the sheriff, I, I got a, a, a cop job, but it was working in a J you know? And, and at that time, my, my sheriff was a real proponent of education. He had a, uh, a, a master's degree. Um, the chief deputy had a master's degree and you know they used to always brag they got them in the 70s when they meant something that's what these guys would tell you um and i hadn't graduated yet so i, I worked in, in jail but they had gotten some uh community what they call community policing money it was a new thing at the time and and they were they were deeding somebody to work in these uh, small towns because most of the real cops did not want to even though I was a deputy and I worked in the county, when the sheriff first got me to go out there, I'd have to work eight hours or four hours in this town and four hours in this town, little b-towns, you know, six, 700 people. So you're very limited on what you can even do because there's just not a lot of activity, you know? So the first town he sent me to, very little training. I went to, back when in the, in the late 80s, early 90s, it was a three-week school called the 120 so it was 120 hours of training and by gosh here's your gun and badge and you're it so i went through three weeks of school and and now i is one you know I last it's a joke you know i couldn't spell police last week and now i is one and
0: <laughs>
3: but you're paranoid and 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 where i was at so so my boss basically said hey, my sheriff coming up on this hey you drive out there and and it happened to be my hometown you drive out there and, and make yourself seen you know sit in a school zone do this do that whatever so the first day I was paranoid getting shot you know I would just went this police school where they'd show you camera car cameras were in their infancy at that time and every video they showed you was somebody shooting the police so I for the first I don't know even know how many the, the first 30 hours I worked out there I only pulled over people I knew. And I didn't write anybody a ticket. You know, I pulled over (laughs) my buddy's dad or some dude I went to school with. Because I knew they wouldn't shoot me. (laughs) I know. Isn't that nuts? Isn't that nuts? So, anyhow, the the odd part about small-town policing is they all want something done, just not to them. Oh, yeah. You you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. not to them. And the guy I was replacing was an old... You know, there was a there was a dude that, that kind of worked out. And he still worked at the department, but he was a retired military policeman. And, and he, you know, you were either a violator or you weren't. And he wrote everybody tickets in. And the sheriff I worked for, you know, sheriffs are elected officials. He was getting a little pushback on that. Does that make sense? Because yeah. these people, although they wanted a cop in their town, they didn't. You know, they didn't want them getting a ticket. So yeah, exactly. so that was kind of a big joke. You what you do is you give locals warnings and out of towners tickets. I know it sounds terrible for me to say, but that's just the way it used to be. It's the way yeah. it should be. That's just exactly you know, the way it should be. So and then you knew <laughs> hey, and you knew when you're driving in somebody else's town to pay attention. That's right. That's right. So anyhow, there was a guy I went to school with He's a couple years older than me, and 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 it was just a tremendous. Had a lot of stuff going on when we were young. He was a tremendous athlete, tall, good-looking guy, but he was a heavy drinker. But but I think he's okay now in his fifties. But back then, you know, really wasted a lot of opportunities because of alcohol addiction. Okay, so so, but I knew him. I've known him my whole life. So. I pulled him over one day, and he didn't have a license. But I didn't know he didn't have a license until I pulled him over. Well, I let him go. Well, rumor got back to me because he was kind of, you know, I, you know, I, it, it wasn't. I don't think he ever got arrested for anything, but either drinking and driving or not having a license. So word got back to me one day that he was 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 eroded my authority by me letting him go, he told everybody that he could drive where he wanted because I wouldn't arrest <clears throat> him. That makes sense. Oh, yeah. So instead of just keeping just, his mouth shut, there you go, you he's got to go down and tell everybody that he can do what he wants because, you know, and when word got back to me. So I really kind of took that to heart. Mm-hmm. And I arrest him three or four times in about 10. Twelve days. <laughs> he because had it coming. He's in this per, 700 person town. Yeah, you see, you see, you probably saw him every time he turned around. Yeah, if I had to be out in that town, and he's not I mean? supposed to. He doesn't have a license anyway. Yeah, right. Said, right. So, so that's he the should. problem. These people get in in never ending cycles because when you get in trouble in a small town, something like they know who you are. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, of course. I started kind of feeling bad about it. And, but hey, that's the way it goes. Did, so, he, ever, did he ever learn his lessons? Yeah, lessons? this is what happened. Well, this is what happened. Yeah. Right. Okay, this is the punchline. We're going to the punchline. I All know right. it's a long-form method on this story. <laughs> so, a guy that we went to school with was getting married. Now, I'm a non-drinker, okay? Well, <clears throat> and I'm known, you know, I've been known as a non-drinker, okay? My mom was Baptist, I'm Baptist, you know, I I don't even want to get into nuances of that, but I'm just a non-drinker. And so, a friend of ours was getting married, and he said, "Hey, we're renting a uh, a van, a big like conversion van. We're going to go up to Saint East Saint Louis and Saint Louis, and go to some bars. And I hate to say strip clubs, but I'm just going to say it here, strip clubs. Right. And we want you to drive. So I'm invited to be the driver. And I said, I don't have a problem. Well, the pro the well we're the Let's call this guy Jay. Jay is is going to be there. He's the guy I've arrested four times. Is that going to be a problem? I said, no, I ain't got a problem, you know? If he doesn't have a problem with me driving the van, I don't have a problem with him riding in the van. You know what I mean? So yes. we end up up in this East St. Louis, Missouri strip club called Roxy's. Now, I used to drink copious amounts of Mountain Dew. And the downside to that is, if depending on what kind of finger foods or stuff I'm eating, I could get uncontrollable diarrhea at the drop of a hat. (laughs) You drink two liters of Mountain Dew and you start eating some hot wings at a strip club in St. Louis, you got to take dump. I mean, that's just the way it is. So I walked in as bad. The problem with the bathroom at that time at that club. So when you're sitting on a toilet, you're kind of out there and and like the <laughs> open, it'd be like it would be like taking a dump on top of Devil's Tower in Wyoming or something. You know? <laughs> and you got all kinds of weirdos and freaks and shit coming in. You know what I mean? You don't know who you're going to be exposed to. So I'm trying to hold it. I'm trying to hold it. I'm trying to hold it. I can't hold it. I can't hold it. I can't hold it. Finally, I just got to go. So I get over there and I walk in the bathroom and the coast is clear. But I know if I sit down on his toilet, all kinds of weirdos can come in. Well, lo and behold, who do you think is the closest guy I can see to that door? The guy you've arrested five Jay. times. Let's call him Jay. Big, good-looking <laughs> me. He's still in his prime, early 20s. Big old strap and six foot three, four, you know, 200 pounds. And I said, hey, dude, I need a favor. You need a favor from me? I said, yeah. I said, man, <laughs> this is important. And he said, what? I said, I got to take a crap, but I don't want anybody to come here. Would you watch? for me i said this is the deal man you watch that door i'm taking dump i'll never arrest you again for for traffic violations if you do something else i can't help you but he goes okay so he stood his back to me his front to the door and kept the patrons at bay while i took double dump you know it's one of them ones where you go and then you you get done and you stand up and you're walking to the bat and sinking and all of a sudden you got to go again it's like it settles back down (laughs) and about three weeks later whatever there's a car in a ditch in this little old town. In order for me to wait for a tow truck, it's going to take 45 minutes or an hour. And this guy says, well, I can call my grandpa. I said, yeah, I'll have him come. Well, he doesn't really drive. I said, how's he going to pull pull you out if he doesn't drive? And they said, well, he's got a guy that helps him on the farm. Sometimes they're cutting wood today. He he could be there. And I said, okay. Well, lo and behold, who do you think pulls up in this old man's truck? This dude, let's call him Jay, he rolls up, and there I'm at a crossroads. He's—he's—I could see the look in his eye. He's worried about whether I'm going to uh, break our <laughs> system, the And I said, "Hey, can you pull him out?" And he goes, "You're going to arrest me?" And I said, "No, just—I told you I wasn't." So I'm a man of my word, man. I never arrested him again. <laughs>
2: Welcome everybody. This is uh, Shane Grove, host of the From the Shadows podcast. I am with the Ozark Howler. Oh no, I don't know
3: <laughs> if I should howl. You know,
2: <laughs> and I'm with the uh, super producer Jason.
1: How's it going, everybody?
2: Hey, and, and thanks. If you're wondering what the heck is this showing up in my uh, my my podcast feed, this is a uh, a new little thing we're going to do. It's called Ten minutes, or what, what would we call it? Short stories. The it, howler. Short yeah. yeah,
1: short, short stories, stories the howler. with
2: the Ozark Howler. Short stories of the Ozark Howler. So, uh, you got five or ten minutes in the middle of your week. We're going to uh, bring you a little, uh, little story from the Howler, and hopefully, it'll uh, tickle your funny bones, make you feel good about yourself, give you something to look forward to, tide you over till our regular episode drops on friday so thanks for checking us out and uh let us know what you think um hopefully you enjoy the howler spending 10 minutes
3: with the howler as much as we do
1: enjoy everybody
3: yeah you know i you know I kind of misspoke on that first story because the, the dude was more crazier than the women. And I did that because I had some stories wrote down here, but it's, I had to pick and choose because I didn't want the listener to think that all the women down in the, in the country are crazy. Well, yeah. 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 And, okay. and I, and, 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 the next story had this crazy gal in it and she was kind of heavy. And I know I told a story the other day about a heavy gal. So I'm going to get off the heavy gals Okay. And, and I'm working one day, and they say hey, it was a nine eleven, you know. And they got nine one one call. They do a plectron, It tones out fire and ambulance, and you know, different tones. I never was a fireman, so I don't know. But true, true firemen can tell what who they're calling by the tone. You know what I mean? Rescue three, ladder one, all these weird stuff. You know what I mean? But yeah. when you hear that plectron, that's what's called, you'd hear that plectron, and you'd listen. So I'm listening, and sitting there one day, and then they got a plectron, and it's toning out a ambulance and then a fire truck, and then the police, the local police, to a trailer park. And and they are a common feature in places that, and, and, and at trailer parks. And then this one is long gone, but at that time it was a giant trailer park. And. The call, the 911 dispatchers, when she's rooting these people, she said, well, there's a woman that's, that's ran into the house, trailer house, in, a, in a, I think it was a Pontiac Grand Prix, Grand Am or Grand Prix. You know, this is back in the early 90s. And then, and she keeps doing it. And the first cop goes, what do you mean she keeps doing it? Well, the caller says she's ran into the trailer and she's backed up and she's hit it two or three more times. It was like an ongoing, so so they put, try to tone out like it's an, like it's an accident. So now they're toning me out, sending me there because the locals don't work wrecks; they want a state trooper to work wreck. So, of course, I'm driving out there thinking. First of all, I'm going to see what kind of deal it's, it's happening, you know. So we get out there, and this old gal has she drunk, and she is she started she did the first. She hit this trailer two or three times. She was trying to run over her old man, and he <laughs> ran into the house, and she took <laughs> part of the front porch and underpinning. Her problem is she was – the car was so low, every time she hit the trailer, it just pushed the underpinning underneath a little more. You know what I mean? Because she had a low car and a tall trailer. So she just – it just wasn't lining up with her. So she hit it three or four <laughs> times now a trailer house, wouldn't stop a Pontiac. But her old man's uh, Silverado did. She ran it. The la- final thing she hit was the Silverado. And it, it it. I don't think it set the airbag off. Maybe it was the airbag. It disabled the car. Okay. So she was able to run this trailer house three or four times. But when she hit the truck, it it disabled yeah. the car. So, of course, I get out there. And what's odd is this truck was a red and silver two-tone, like, 90, 91 Chevrolet. And you know, i as I've said on before, I'm a kind of a car slash truck guy. And and my very first truck was a nineteen seventy nine Scottsdale silver and maroon two tone. And this was, you know, this truck was ten years newer. It was new totally different body style, but it but it had that two tone paint job that my car had my truck had when I was sixteen. And and there's a it, there wasn't a lot of them, you know. In the '90s, there just wasn't a lot of. Them. So, anyway, I proceeded to arrest her for. Actually, I think my my corporal was with me, and he arrested her. But all that to say is we took her to jail for DWI. But we didn't really work the wreck because it wasn't a wreck; it was an on purpose. We only worked accidents. On purposes are our whole different form. It's it's a on purposes are criminal acts. And she's a little bitty, about four. 11, five foot, about 95 pounds, just what you would think an old drunk woman would be, you know? So fast forward week or two month later, a short period of time later, I'm working by myself. And then they call, they toned me out for possible DWI driver northbound on the, on the big four, big highway. That's what we call it. The big highway, big four lane highway northbound. And, and, and the, the, the vehicle description was read in, uh, uh, red over gray or gray over red. I don't remember which it was two-tone Chevrolet pickup. And in my head, I thought of uh, the, tr- I instantly thought about the truck at the trailer park because, <laughs> you know, there's very few of them. So anyway, I jumped down there. I sit in the turnaround and here she come. And I tell you who she reminded me of. Did you ever see, uh, what was the old Clint Eastwood movie? Every which way, Belus or, you know, the orangutan movies Yeah, where he yeah. had, <laughs> had Ma, it had Ma, remember? Yeah, it had a yeah. little old woman that looked like uh, a granny on... on, on Beverly Hillbillies? Beverly Hillbillies. I was going to say the Clamber. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So a little bit younger version, but that's what we're dealing with. A little bitty. So I've turned on the red and blues, and she pulls, immediately pulls over. And she, as I'm getting out of my car... She gets out, and she's kind of combative with me. What do you want now? I'm almost home. And I said, well, how much you had to drink? Sue or whatever her name is, you know. I need you to see your driver's license. Well, you guys took it. So she's handing me the piece of paper that my corporal gave her earlier. You, you know what I mean? She don't even have a license to hand me because they took it, and they gave <laughs> her that paper receipt. And I think that was what you'd call the trigger. You know, now's generation, they'd call the trigger. I think the paper receipt was what her trigger deal, because she started going nuts on me. You know, I'm minding my own business, and you mfers, and and I'm trying to get my life straight, and and everybody keeps me down, and just on and on. So, so I I ask her, I say, hey, I need you to do some of these some of these sobriety tests. You know, hey, can you say your alphabet? Screw you. Can you count for me? You know <laughs> what I mean? I said, screw you, and and it goes on and on. So finally, she says, I'm tired of effing with you. I'm getting back in my in my car. Oh, man. Okay. Now I had, and I don't, you know, I went off on the traffic stop, but I don't remember at some point I called for another car. And when I called for another car, it was more for a witness thing. Cause when you go arresting women and, 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 you know, you always want women or witnesses. So, anyhow. She says "screw you" and starts walking back to her to her, <clears> to her truck, and she's kind of about in the highway, you know, because you're walking on that white line. It's called the fog line. She can't walk on it because she's just she's drunk. So I grab her, and and she's trying to pull away. And now we got, I mean, we got 70 mile an hour traffic going, boom, boom, by. You know what I mean? So it's not a place you screw around. It's a safety issue. So I got a half ass man handler and get her back over on the side of the road. And, and, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm fighting a five foot one, you know, I'm fighting this little bitty woman, you know, and I'm trying not to be, and I'm, you know, I'm a pretty big old boy. And of course <laughs> then i would use my lapel, mic, send me into the car, you know, and all this came out cause I had audio recorder, but I didn't have a video recorder. So I had audio recorder that I'd keep and we, I'd turn on when I was dealing with people and, and, and they mocked me, my sergeant mocked the hell out of me, you know? Because what happened is people started stopping on the highway. You know, big trucks were construction workers. Hey, trooper, you need some help? And, <laughs> and they'd take off, and somebody else take off. Because what happens? These little bitty people. I guess my cuffs bottomed out, which means oh, they ran out of clicks, mm-hmm. and she can still get her hand out of it. So you can't even handcuff her. You know what I mean? And I'm, I end up, I end up half-ass sitting on her. You know, (laughs) on the side of the road, why these, 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 and, and, and some women are enablers when I say enablers because they, they get handled so lightly her whole life. She was just, she was just nuts on me, but to her detriment, the first car that pulled up was a County mounty, a deputy that was a woman.
2: Ooh.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Not right. gonna go down that road, but I could go down that road a long way. <laughs> but when the women show up with a gun and badge, you better start getting your stuff straight because they especially back in them days, they they will put their cigarette out and come out there and smack you around, especially if you're <laughs> so this this female deputy brought this woman to her level quick or you know what I mean brought her under and was zip tied her that's back when zip ties so zip tied this woman But yeah fighting a crazy woman on the highway and I, like I said I had all these people stopping you need help trooper you need help trooper <laughs> well, well since, you, <clears throat> since you mentioned you know before we before we shut
2: off with this story I just want to tell everybody the woman from every which way but loose was Ruth Gordon played maw Won an Emmy Award for a role in Taxi. And guess what? She shares a birthday with me. Are you so, serious? Uh, yeah, same birthday. Well, except, hey. she was born, except she was
3: born in 1896. <laughs> <laughs> so, so she's a little bit oh, older God, so than she me. She was born in 1896, so she was 80-some years old when she was doing the movies. She, di- she died in
2: 1985 at age 88. Yes, so. she was in her early eighties. She worked to the end. Good for her. Yeah, she she had a uh, she had a career in silent film to begin with and then had a resurgence in the uh seventies
3: and eighties. How about that?
1: Yeah. That's some uh, good fun facts right there. That's right. <laughs> that's
3: what this is all about. This show's all about that. You know, it's just hey, it's just it's giving you a couple of minutes out of your busy day to uh to, to just think it could be worse. I mean, you'd be manhandled by a woman cop out in, in, in the, in, on the side of the highway somewhere, going to jail.
1: Yep. Yeah. So your life sure. ain't
3: that bad. Yep.
1: <laughs> well. thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are... Out. <laughs> <laughs>